What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. The link between sex, creativity, and the sense of aliveness is strong. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tara Lee will explore all these and more on the Eros Evolution Show here on OM Times Radio and TV. Hello, hello, and welcome to Eros Evolution. This is where we explore everything around sexuality and spirituality. I have with me my friend, Jamie Nor- Norris. And uh, the title for today's show is Negotiating Gender Identity, a Trans-Masculine uh, Perspective. So what we'll be doing is we will explore what it means to embody a pre-transition trans-masculine gender identity in Singapore, being at the receiving end of uh, daily microaggressions to obvious contempt along the spectrum of discrimination. So from having navigating gender dysphoria to a euphoric of passing, from navigating sexual intimacy to a feeling of inadequacy in relationships of not being a real man, we discuss all this and more from the lenses of someone who identifies as transmasculine but has yet to embark on the journey of transition. So uh, Jamie, more about Jamie uh, Norris, uh, is an established journalist uh, published in Singapore, top tier luxury lifestyle and business publications including Channel News Asia Luxury, Folk Singapore, Tatler Singapore and The Age over the last 20 years. So as the only transmasculine presenting journalist in the media niche and a double minority in the field, uh, Jamie is passionate about the voice and platforms to spotlight LGBTQ plus conversations to help elevate the community while engaging uh, more mainstream audiences through there are two podcast series, the Jamie Noise Show and the Spectrum. So Spectrum with a, with a Q instead of C, which has created a safe space for LGBTQIA voices, stories, and dialogue. So you can find uh, Jamie at uh, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E-N-O-N-I-S dot com and also on Instagram. So welcome to the show, Jamie. Hi, Martha. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. I know you're a very busy person. So um, tell us more about your journey, your uh, yourself, how you identify as. Mm, okay, so for most of my life, I thought that I'm lesbian, you know, um, because I'm attracted to women. Um, but I've always been very tomboyish since young. So I prefer to, to wear pants, I prefer to, to dress like a boy. Um, when I was five years old, in fact, like I wanted to always be shirtless around the house like my brother and my, my father. 
um, I actually thought, I think, I, I, in my mind, I thought I was a boy until um, I started developing and then I realized, like, okay, um, I'm not a boy. <laughs> so then, you know, I had to... I really, really dislike dressing feminine. Um, but growing up, my parents would always put me in dresses and things like that. And I was it would always make me very, very upset and... That's when the gender dysphoria became quite pronounced. So when I was um, 15, I decided to cut my hair really short. Um, so I looked really like butchy in school and that's how I sort of came out um, to my peers that I'm not straight. Um, before that, I, I, it was like this big secret, you know, that I didn't really want to wanna share with, with even my closest friends. So at 15 was when I sort of officially came out. Um, in terms of my appearance, in terms of my gender expression. Um, yeah, so, and then the last, no, two years ago when I launched Spectrum Podcast, that's when I came out as trans publicly. Um, and I publicly acknowledged that um, my trans masculine gender identity. But the journey hasn't been very smooth. <laughs> um, in my early years of my career, actually, also, I was trying to be a little bit more androgynous, a little bit more ambiguous. Um, my hair was a little bit longer, that sort of thing. Um, so that was in the early 2000s. So, I mean, it was a very different world at that time. Um, so I felt like that's what I needed to do to gain acceptance in the heteronormative world if I wanted to, you know, like make something of myself and be accepted and have a, a good career. So it's only in the last few years that I've really, really started um, really embracing my transmasculine um, identity and expression. So for listeners out there, they, they don't really understand what transmasculine means. Could you elaborate more on this? Okay. Um, so trans means that I don't identify with the gender that I was born. So... Um, say I'm born female, but I actually really wish that I could be male. Um, and I spent a lot of my my life feeling like I wish that I was male. I mean, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, yeah, so, so I identify more as male than female. I don't know if that, that explains it. Yes, transmasculine. So masculine more on the... Uh, masculine side more on the side that is more like a male mm, that's right okay and uh, you mentioned uh, in the in the synopsis uh, something about transition so are you planning to transition that is something that I am still thinking about um, it's not an easy decision so there's a lot of factors to think about I mean cost is one of it for sure and then it's family, and then it's also social dynamics, you know, like society. How is society going to to interact with you differently when they know you're female versus male? Um, I think there would be probably pros and cons, you know, because um, like in the description you mentioned about the discrimination, because I do face discrimination in my day-to-day -day, um, because they know that I am still female and yet I am presenting as male, you know. So... Perhaps if I do transition, some of that will go away. You know, that that's logically that's what I'm thinking. 
Um, but again, it's quite a complex issue, so I'm still discussing it with my counsellor. Um, I'm currently going for counselling with the T Project, which is um, the organisation for trans, trans support in Singapore. Yeah, it will be a big decision for sure. Um, how has uh, coming out, uh, you know, launching your podcast affected your work? Mm. Um, I don't think it's really affected my work. Um, not overtly at, at least because I'm self-employed so I'm freelance. Um, so actually, interestingly, right, when I was thinking about whether or not to start on the journey of transition, I did ask my editor at, at one of the, the platforms that I write for whether it would make a difference. Do Whether he thought, because he's like, really in the industry you know and in in like an editor position right and I asked him whether he thought that it would diminish my chances of you know securing gigs and assignments and whether he thought that um, people would not want to give me jobs because of it you know and he said straight up he said no and he didn't think so at all so that was quite reassuring um, yeah, I mean, that's it, he's gay, lah, so I don't know, maybe he has a, you know, coming from also an LGBTQ perspective, yeah. Yeah. For a very long time, you were, you were dressing up in an ambiguous and androgynous way, thinking that, okay, that's the way you needed to be uh, in a heteronormative society. Uh, however, things have changed a lot, uh, I would say, especially in the last five years in Singapore. So do you think that that played a factor to it or, or not really? Definitely. You mean my decision to come up, whether where the world is at for yeah, sure, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Because I can feel that there's a lot greater acceptance in the world right now, you know. Mm. We're, you know, mainstream media even, they're having a little bit more of these kind of conversations and they're willing to have these kind of conversations. They're willing to to have people like me come and talk, I mean, like on your show as well. So um, I do feel like media in general and also because of social media as well, um, there is a lot more awareness. There's a lot more acceptance and that definitely has made me feel like it's safer to be more open to come out at this point in time versus definitely five years or ten years ago. Yeah, I'm very happy that things have changed in Singapore. That makes it safer for um, for our LGBTQIA friends to come out. I do feel uh, that the more acceptance and awareness that is, it's uh, safer for people to come out and then they also... Uh, will have less um, mental health uh, issues because uh, nobody deserves to feel discriminated and unsafe in their own country uh, or even anywhere in the world for that matter. So I, I really, I really hope things change in Singapore. So what are some of the changes that uh, you hope will change in Singapore? Okay, I mean that's a good question because you probably know or heard that you know we tried to repeal the 377a recently again and then it didn't go through so i mean that's certainly one change that i i hope we can see you know in the next few years perhaps um i'm very heartened by the fact that the community keeps pushing on and pushing forward to to have this change 
Um, it's always demoralizing whenever it doesn't go through, but it's it's a good signal for the rest of us that you know at least there are people in the community brave enough to keep trying. So that's one thing. Um, I wish that in terms of changes, in terms of society changes, you know, I hope that. Um, I'll be very honest with you, there, there's still a lot of people in society that's still very uncomfortable with people like me in terms of my gender expression because, I, like, like you mentioned in the, the intro, I do face daily microaggressions, you know, whether I'm like buying food, whether I'm at the restaurant, am I at the hoka center or like a cafe, you know, and it's particularly from service staff sometimes, um, even at retail and all, it's it's like there's a part of me that okay I don't want to be too sensitive about this sometimes you know and then I try to give people the benefit of doubt but sometimes it really happens in your face and you cannot like ignore it like a simple example you know like a couple of months ago I went to a restaurant it's a nice restaurant you know mid price um, with a f- male friend of mine and then there's a hostess that's always there and I really like the ambiance of this place so I frequent there and this hostess tends to see me quite often and okay so being someone with my background with my appearance and all that I tend to like work extra hard to be friendly to service staff because I know that that there's some sort of bias that already exists you see so I tend to work extra hard to be friendly to be nice and and that's my general disposition so so, but every time I get this, like, whenever I go to this restaurant, I get this vibe from this person, okay? And then I, I put it out of my mind, I try not to dwell on it, but I just keep getting this vibe. So this one occasion when I went with my, my male friend, um, as we were leaving the restaurant, I made eye contact with the person to acknowledge, to like, you know, say bye, that kind of thing, or say thank you, right? And then she just looked away and ignored me like looked away like that, you know, with like attitude, right? And then the moment I, and my, my male friend was walking behind me, so I walked away and immediately after that, she said thank you sir to my friend behind me, you know? So it's, it's things like that and in that moment, like it really confirmed the vibes that I had been getting, you know? And as I walked away with my friend, we both looked at, at each other and I was like, did you did you see that? You know, did you notice that? Like, or is it just me feeling sensitive or something? And he was also like quite surprised and shocked, you know. So these are the things that are still happening, which is very unfortunate and unpleasant, you know. And I mean I just want to share because this is the lived experience of people who look like me, you know, and I would like people to know and hopefully have a little bit more empathy, have have a little bit more understanding, you know, that just because someone looks different doesn't mean, like, something's wrong with them or doesn't mean that you should treat them that way or, you know, like, it's, it's sad because it makes me feel like I'm a lesser human, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, 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 it's really unpleasant, lah. so that's something that I hope that can be changed. Um, in terms of in terms of society regulations, I think. The other thing I was just talking about with a friend yesterday was about how um, if you're a single person, you can't adopt in Singapore. Um, So if you are in a same-sex relationship, 
you know, uh, whether it's male and male or female and female or you can't actually adopt, you can't start a family nucleus and that's also something that we miss out on which I feel, you know, it would be nice if we would have that option. Um, I actually know a couple of friends and even my cousin as well who actually uh, moved from Singapore so that they can have an actual family environment to, to, to have children and bring children up in a society that's more accepting. Yeah, so that's something that would be nice to to have. It's important because it's um it's our it's our right to be who we want and to have love and family. And why does it matter to other people that we are not hurting them? So it's um, really sad when um, you share this uh, microaggression that you are feeling. So of course, it may seem like a small thing, but if we are encountering like many incidences, then of course it takes a toll on us and uh, we are more likely to snap, to go into depression, to um, experience burnout. So it's definitely not nice I, I would say it, it, it actually does affect the individual self-worth, you know, because it's a direct impact on your self-worth in society because this is this is evidence every day of how society perceives you, you know. And um, again, an, another example was I was at a, at, at a hotel, restaurant, um, dining with my family. I have a younger gay cousin who's male, you know. We are leaving the restaurant and then I say thank you first to the server, the male server, as we leave the restaurant. And then he, I don't know if he didn't reply, but he, I think he said, you're welcome. He said, you're welcome back to me. But then when my gay cousin, and he's a young boy, said thank you to him, he said, thank you, sir. You know, there's that different level of respect that is very apparent like you said, it looks very small, it seems very small, but it's actually very apparent in terms of the distinction of the way that we are treated, you know? Like, I'm saying thank you, I'm clearly older, I'm more senior, um, but he's saying you're welcome, like he's doing me a favour, but then my younger gay cousin who presents as male, but he's gay, but he's a young boy, gets the thank you sir. I mean, I don't expect him to say thank you sir to me because I don't look like a sir to him, perhaps, you know, or he, he gets confused. So it's, it's little things like this, you know, that that does sit in your psyche as much as you try not to let it affect you. But, you know, it does and it does affect how you also go through the world because of all these little interactions and all that. And it's, it's very interesting because I notice a huge difference between when I present a little bit more feminine and a little bit more ambiguous versus when I present more masculine. And I've done a lot of social experiments over the years, um, since my early 20s, and and I'm treated so much nicer when I'm more feminine. When I'm, um, even when I wear like a tighter tee that shows my figure a little bit, you know, that sort of thing versus like a looser shirt and all. Like, I really, it's really different the way people treat me. and. 
I, I like I, I don't even know like how to what to make of it sometimes you know like do I feel sad about it do I feel upset about it do I just brush it off or, or, or what um, obviously I try not to dwell on it too much but these are observations that I've had over my lifetime and um, I have been around for like four decades already so yeah you know it's, it's been a while and and I've seen a lot of difference in the way I'm treated so sometimes I ask myself and I am actually beginning to ask myself right now um, whether or not I want to present a little bit more feminine just so that people will be nicer to me you know and it's it's kind of sad it's kind of sad um, but that's that's how it feels, you know, um, when you're constantly treated like this, and 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 it's gotten worse in the last few years because I've been dressing a little, presenting a, a lot more masculine in terms of of my dressing and all that. Um, so, in fact, okay, it makes a difference if I bind or not. If we can talk about that for a second, so in my in my teens, I used to bind. Um, so I used to wear a binder so that my chest would be flat, and that would help with my gender dysphoria. Um, then, in my early twenties, when I started working, I stopped because then I kind of changed my appearance again to be a little softer. Uh, I softened my appearance so that I would be accepted in the workforce more easily. Um, and then I only started binding two years ago again when I came out as trans um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that in these two years I've, I've experienced a lot more of these microaggressions yeah yeah they can really take a toll on you so for listeners out there who are not uh, watching the YouTube channel uh, so not able to see how Jamie looks like. So uh, do you mind, Jamie, to describe uh, how you tend to uh, present yourself, how you look for our audio Okay, listeners? so, sure. So I have very short hair that's styled like a guy, I guess. Um, it's shaved at the sides, so it's a, it's a fade. Um, I go to a men's barber now, actually. Um, and... Also, like, yeah, that gives me very mixed feelings anyway, but that's another story. So, um, and then I'm wearing a black t-shirt with a little, small little rainbow motif. It's from Let's Be Heard. I don't know if you can see it. Um, yeah, so, so um, yeah, um, that's, that's how I present. Um, so sometimes I wear, like, a shirt over a t-shirt, which, you know, normal guys wear like that, right? But because... I don't have a totally flat chest. It's still very obvious that I'm female, you know. And I think because of that, I get like weird um, experiences or or treatment, like, you know. I think, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, that's what I've noticed. Because in the last one, two years, I've changed my dressing a, a little bit. I used to wear, so the very odd thing is that when I wear a t-shirt like this and jeans, I actually pass um, as a guy, like when I when I go to the toilet, they'll be like, excuse me sir, you know, and they think I'm going to the wrong toilet. Um, so, but it's when I wear a shirt over a t-shirt, then it becomes more obvious that like I'm trying to be a guy, but I'm not. Yeah, so that's some of the things that I've, I've observed, la, which is quite interesting for me. 
Yeah, these are the subtle things that uh, you would uh, notice because you are experiencing it. Uh, I think a lot of people don't really even think about it. Um, I, I, do you have people asking you in your face? Like, are you a guy or a girl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if it's it, any it's... of their business, right? I think people like to um, categorize yeah. the world. No, it's very interesting because just yesterday, like on my phone, you know how your phone, um, there's memories, the photos that will pop up from like one year ago, two years ago, that sort of thing, right? So the one that just popped up yesterday was a story, Instagram story that I posted um, about how, I think, was it a, a gas pump attendant who asked me if I was a guy or girl? Yeah. I think it, yeah yeah correct correct it was it wasn't a grab driver it was a it was a pump attendant and then and then I think I said I was a girl then then sometimes I get okay sometimes I get very interesting feedback and um and then they were like oh so handsome okay so sometimes I get positive positive reactions in that in that sense and in fact, I remember when I was 17 years old, I was very young, I took a taxi and then the taxi driver also was like, you boy or girl, you know. So I get that very often. But sometimes it's positive and then he was like, wow, you boy also handsome, girl so pretty, you know. So it was quite quite positive and quite nice, you know. So sometimes I get stuff like that. So I have to be fair and give both sides of it. Lah. Um, but very often, yes, um, when I take a grab, I do get this kind of questions like, uh, don't mind me asking, uh, but are you a boy or girl, you know? Um, so sometimes they're nice about it. And then um, I think because my voice is so feminine, right? So even though my appearance might look like a boy, but because I sound so feminine, then it makes them confused. There was one very interesting encounter also. I took a grab and the and, and again, like the person was like, you boy or girl, you know? And then... Every time I hear that, I feel very confronted, you know. I feel very like, oh no, like, here we go again, you know. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get discriminated against again, or I'm going to get judged again. I'm, I'm going to have to defend my existence again. Um, but this particular time, this person uh, started having a conversation with me, and then eventually revealed that she was a trans woman, so that was actually, then we had a fantastic conversation, you know, um, and it was very, very interesting. So I, part of me feels like having this gender appearance and identity, um, it creates conversation, you know, it actually does. It opens up some dialogue. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, you know, but it does open up dialogue and um, I'm quite, I'm very, very open. So I'm very happy also to talk to the strangers and, and share with them more if they are genuinely curious as well. Yeah, I really get you because uh, I, I get a similar feeling whenever people ask me what I do for a living. And then I, oh shit, there it goes again. I tell them what I do <laughs> and then I'm going to get a thousand and one questions. So yeah, it's really yeah. Uh, it really can be very tiring, but yet at the same time it can be an opportunity to for dialogue, for conversation, and also for learning. So we have a commercial yep. break, and uh, we'll be back after this. Home Times TV. 
Imagine becoming a super influencer. Reinvent yourself, invest in your brand, and then manifest your success with a robust, spheric approach. Own Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. Through our produced shows, Own Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an Own Times magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on Ohm Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive Ohm Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. Ohm Times, open yourself to the possibilities. If I could be you, you could be me for just one hour. If we could find a way to get inside each other's minds Walk a mile in my shoes Walk, Walk a mile, mile in my, in my shoes. shoes Well, before you abuse, criticize and accuse Walk a mile in my shoes And we're back with uh, Jamie uh, just a moment. <laughs> so we are. Uh, the title of today's show is uh, negotiating gender identity, and uh, just now, uh, Jamie shared with us about um, their journey and uh, how uh, still thinking about uh, whether wants to transition and uh, the implications, the cost, the family um, involved, and uh, what it means to be transmasculine, uh, whether there has been any impact on career. And uh, the, the good thing is uh, they are changing norms, more acceptance in Singapore and our hopes for Singapore, the microaggressions uh, around appearances and uh, being asked about appearance. So, uh, so Jamie, I want to continue our conversation by asking uh, a little bit about what you mentioned, di- double minority. Uh, what, what, uh, which, what double minority are you? Oh, okay. So in Singapore, I'm a double minority in terms of race and sexual orientation. So because I don't fall in any of the majority categories of Chinese, Malay or Indian, as I'm Eurasian, um, my heritage is Eurasian. So that's one way I'm a minority. And then the other one is, of course, being trans and in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. So do you do you think that uh, even though you've been uh, Singaporean all this time, people still do not uh, see you as Singaporean? Yes. So when I was growing up, I used to get um, a lot of like strangers thinking I was Indonesian. Um, like I find it very interesting. Like, I don't know because like my because of my race, because of my appearance, because of how I look, because of how I dress. Like. It makes people very curious, I feel, you know, and strangers sometimes. Sometimes it's nice, sometimes it's not nice, as we've already discussed. Um, so, in fact, I also get mistaken for Filipino a lot sometimes, on the street even. Like, yeah, I would, I, I have had uh, prof- Filipino professionals in Singapore stop me on the street and ask me if I'm Filipino because they want to be friends. 
which is very interesting to me. And then when I say I'm not, then okay, never mind. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting being different positives and negatives around it. Yep. Yeah, I want to circle back to what we mentioned about the, um, you know, you mentioned the reactions that you get, uh, people asking you, are you a boy or girl or man or woman? I think... Uh, uh, if I may uh, say, um, uh, I, I think you also know about this, which is I think a lot of people are curious uh, and it's none of their business. But sometimes when they ask, I, I hope it's not just about curiosity. I hope it's also, you know, saying like, oh, you look good when you are, if you're a boy, you look good if you're a woman uh, or man or woman or girl or boy. Um, the, the thing is... In some indirect way, they are trying to say it's it's okay. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, like yeah. um, the yeah. the support that they are trying to say is very subtle. You know, like um, they're not upfront about it. Um, so, I I I can imagine how tiring it must be. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but hundred percent. I I do I do feel that sometimes it is subtle support. You know, it's subtle validation that yeah, either yeah, way, yeah. you know, you're you're fine, you 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 look good, and I so so for me, I try to to look at the intention behind it, you know, rather than just the content or the question. So and the vibe that you get and the energy that you get from them when when they're saying it, and of course how it's phrased, you know, of course the tone that it comes, all these play a part as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I I often uh, say it's not what they say, it's how they say it. And uh, because right. we are, we are, you know, we are highly evolved. We can sense the energy and the intention behind it, like you said. So I, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how tiring it is, especially when you're going about your business and you're busy, you're tired, and uh, then you have all these things coming up when you're not uh, wanting to go into it. That's why that sense of dread, like oh no, here we go again. So it's the same for me. Like I mentioned just now before the break, uh, people asking me about my work and I don't really want to go into a, a half hour or even a 10 minute conversation about why I do what I do, what my fa- parents think about it. Um, you know, I really don't want to talk about it. So sometimes I lie. <laughs> sometimes I lie. <laughs> I lie. I say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a secretary or I'm a clerk. Um, I even have uh, colleagues who are, who are se- uh, fellow sex educators. They say they are some kind of uh, uh, engineer, like the most boring job they can think of. So, um, of course, um, I'm, I'm not saying lie, uh, but I think it would be interesting. <laughs> uh, like, okay, I, I'm not you, but I'm saying if it happened to me, I'll just say, oh, I'm human. Or I will say something like, it's none of your mm. business. But of course, you are much nicer mm. than I am. <laughs> I've never thought about lying actually. That's very interesting. Yeah, I might consider I'm, I'm it. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a rainbow or I'm a unicorn or I'm a none of your business. <laughs> okay, anyway, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know how this is relevant to the show or how this helps anybody at all. I'm, no, I'm but actually sure. that's an interesting perspective. That's an interesting perspective that I will consider for future conversations. <laughs> yeah, I think we take ourselves so seriously. Like, who are true, you? You know, true. I'm never going to see you again. I don't owe you anything. Why do I need to be like, you know, go into something that I don't want to go into? Mm, I'm a rainbow. Okay. I'm a unicorn. I'm a rainbow unicorn. Cool. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Having said that, like, what is a unicorn? Oh, I actually do sometimes describe thing. myself as a unicorn. I do sometimes describe myself as a unicorn sometimes because what, I feel like I'm just like so. 
it's it's just like so different uh, and and I don't know. Just so I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Anyway, yes. Oh, moving but correct me if I'm wrong. When uh, people are looking for a third party in a relationship or like uh, for a threesome, they call that a unicorn. No. I, I have unicorn. no idea. We I'm don't so, know. I'm what sorry. I have unicorn. no idea about that. I have no oh idea about God. that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I just threw that in, but I didn't really like you know, think too much about it. Okay. Anyway, I'm looking at Urban Dictionary. What does unicorn mean? Yeah, correct. It's a it's a swinging term used in the community to refer to a single woman interested in meeting other couples. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh no, I better stop saying I'm a unicorn then. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I was very interested about unicorn. Oh my, okay, yeah, I had no idea about that. Thanks yeah. for enlightening me today. N- nowadays the best dictionary is uh urban dictionary. You just key in the word that you want to look for and then you key in urban dictionary. Uh, recently yep. I came across uh, because uh, somebody typed uh, I can't remember what on my YouTube channel so I looked up the term and then I came across the Osama did you know the Osama actually refers to coming on someone's face what <laughs> ejaculating on someone's face is called the Osama really yeah based so on urban I, dictionary okay yes so you, you come across I had no idea. Of weird terms that um, yeah we just can't keep up Okay, good to know, good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I, I want to, I guess, move on to something a little bit more serious. Um, how can how can we be our allies? Because, you know, like people asking about your gender, they are in, indirectly trying to learn or trying to, I guess, figure out a puzzle or maybe they are curious, but hopefully they are also trying to uh, connect with you. It's none of their business. But um, um, I, I don't know, but how, how should... Um, People who, let's say, are a little bit more enlightened, a little bit more awakened, they can uh, uh, show support for our LGBTQIA friends. Right. Um, Okay, so I like to talk about pronouns. Um, and I find like recently more people have been asking me my pronouns and I actually really appreciate that. So I think that's one way that you can support. Um, because honestly, interestingly, just because a person looks feminine does not necessarily mean that they use she, her pronouns. Or just because a person looks tomboyish doesn't necessarily mean that I want to use his, him pronouns. Um, right. So, like, for for example, my pronouns are they, them, which I decided this in the last one, two years. Um, but still, obviously, a lot of people still refer to me as she. Um, but, and it makes me kind of uncomfortable. So, I think one way is to actually ask, you know. So, if a person looks uh, a little bit or... But what, what, I, what I like, actually, is that I find even straight people now putting their pronouns in their like IG bio or in their attached to their name, their online presence, their handles and all that. And I think that's a great, great way that the ally community can, um, you know, start to support us as well. And I see that happening more and more and it's, it's very nice to see um, because that normalizes the conversation around pronouns. And, it makes it um, 
normal, you know, to ask someone, hey, what's your pronouns, you know, because I, I just want to use the right pronoun. And, you know, it seems small, but it's actually like the impact that it has, it makes the person feel so seen and valued and respected as a human being. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, so that's one thing. And then, of course, um, I like to also talk about, um, you know, it's it's how we show up in society. So, like, for example, you know, in that kind of bro culture, a lot of times they might make jokes about, you know, maybe effeminate guys or a trans woman, things like that. It's very normal and common, right? I mean, growing up and all, like, the circles in my periphery and all, you know, I might hear things and all. It's, it's like, so common. Um, so what I want to say and what I always try to say is, you know, like, I would encourage people to make a stand and actually call out when they hear something like that that is not nice and to to call out the person and actually say hey you know um that's not very nice you know don't joke about that you know that sort of thing um and i think if people more people in society had the courage to to make a stand to stand up for the community that would be really i think like another level that we can actually start changing society yeah Yes, so I do put my pronouns on my um, profiles uh, on Instagram. I identify as she, her, they, them. I don't really care if they want to call me they because uh, I have so many different facets of myself. Um, and uh, you're right that we should put our pronouns on our profiles uh, because it takes away the burden on the other person to have to figure out and it's a form of respect as an educator so i came to realize this uh, in my work uh, through my work so i like that you say by putting it out there it normalizes it and it encourages everybody to do so so that it uh it becomes more comfortable for our lgbtqia friends uh, also, what you said about calling out, it's not nice, don't joke about that. I think these are the little things each and every one of us can do. You know, it doesn't take too much effort to say, hey, you know, uh, don't be an ass. Um, uh, especially when uh, the person that you're talking to, you're calling out is your friend, as opposed to somebody else who um, may not want to take on the emotional burden of actually getting into... Uh, situation that can be negative and it's exhausting for them mm. so so yeah i i really want to keep pushing that envelope for more awareness acceptance inclusiveness it's so important that uh, just because we are um people in people who are hetero identify as heterosexual are in the majority we are in positions of privilege and doesn't mean that we just Go around with blinkers we need to put in some effort to understand about those issues and uh, about what it's like for them so that we can be a better advocate so that we can support better so besides these two uh, things that you mentioned ask for the pronoun and uh, call out unacceptable behavior um can you think of anything else <clears throat> um let me see um, okay, so I always like to think, I always like to talk about like empathy first, you know, to come from a space of, 
not just curiosity, but empathy and trying to understand, put yourself in the shoes of the people, like exactly what you were just talking about, you know, like <clears throat> to understand what is our lived experience rather than just dismiss us, you know, out of hand. There, there will be people who, who will not have the patience or, or, or bother to try to understand. So there will be that group of people, there will always be that group of people <clears throat> because of their own belief systems, because of their own stereotype and prejudi prejudicial thinking. Um, but the ones who are a little bit open, you know, maybe um, they can try to just make a little bit more effort to, to come from this understanding and empathy. Um, that's what I always like to advocate because I feel, you know, no matter what issue it is, whether it's a race issue, whether it's a gender issue, orientation issue, whatever, if you just see people as human beings and you use, you come from a lens of empathy, you know, you, you, you just feel with your heart rather than with your belief system, with your stereotype thinking and all that, that would cure a lot a lot of problems you know and a lot of social problems and, and society problems so um, that's something that, that I always want to advocate uh, empathy and understanding that's a great answer though that's very important uh, we don't have to uh, go through what other people go through but uh, we definitely need to empathize uh, and empathy is not the same as sympathy it's not and I also, I also think like the day that I grew up was the day when I stopped saying, oh yeah, such a waste, you know, like such a waste, like this person is uh, so good looking, such a waste, you know, like not available <laughs> for, you yeah, I'm trying to say, oh like, my not God. available you know, for like I, I used to get that a lot, you know, because especially when I was younger and all that, I mean, I do have feminine and pretty features and like I'll get family relatives saying these kind of things. Ah, so wasted, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how to take it, you know. Like on one hand, yeah. you feel like okay, it's a compliment, so yeah. it's sort of a compliment. But at the same time, it's like, but then the same message that I get, on one hand, it's compliment, but at the same time, it's also telling me that I'm not okay the way that I am, you know. Yeah. Yes. So the day that I realized that that sentence by itself is also so wrong. Uh, I think it was the day that I started to grow up. It's so wrong to <laughs> say such a waste like that. There is no wasted life. You know, there is value in every single person, every single existence, in the way that we uh, show ourselves, represent ourselves, express ourselves. Like, to even think that um, needs reflection, I feel. So I yeah, and, and I think what it comes down to is about respect and honoring the individual whatever their choices is because that's what it boils down to right you know because when we say things like that we are coming from our perspective in terms of oh it's a waste for us you know because we lost out on an opportunity perhaps right but at the same time i mean if you look at it from a higher perspective it's if you come from honoring and respecting the individual you, you really cannot go wrong honestly yeah you you don't don't say things like that yeah what a what waste i don't think it's like waste of you i don't think it's a like waste of you i think it's like a waste like what kind of cute kids you will produce but that's that's also none of their business as well so um yep. just as we are starting to um i, I want to understand uh, more about your your advocacy work because okay i just okay. want to say that um uh, Jamie spends a lot of time 
putting out really amazing, beautiful uh, photographs uh, on social media. So uh, do check out uh, Jamie's uh, two uh, Instagram account. Um, yeah, all your Instagram accounts are actually beautifully, uh, I don't know what you call it, curated Aww. or something. <laughs> you spend a lot yeah. of time uh, posing with uh, with all these uh, different uh, luxury uh, cars that uh, you, 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 you write about, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so tell us a little bit about your social media, your advocacy work. Okay, so the cars, um, I mean, I don't just do that for vanity, la. that's part of my job. Um, I do car reviews for a living, I test drive the cars and all that, and then I write about them. Um, so that's why I post. And yes, I like beautiful things, so I like my feet to look very nicely curated and the pictures nice. to be very, very nice. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. N-O-N-I-S, Jamie Nones, and as for advocacy work, to be honest, I I haven't been doing a lot, um, and I wish that I could do more. Um, the Spectrum Podcast is one of the platforms that I try to, you know, create a little bit more awareness on these issues, um, but again, honestly, I wish it could be a, a lot more regular and consistent if I, if I had more time as well. Um, yeah, but I, I do... Actually, what's interesting is that, like, recently I've been feeling like, you know, I spent so much of my life trying to fit into this heteronormative world as, as much as I can or calibrate myself so that I could fit into it. And I actually feel like I haven't been doing enough for my community and I wish that I have done more. And that's why, like, um, with the podcast, I, I hope I can actually do more in future, like, you know, bring more attention to these issues and these stories and create more dialogue around these issues. Yeah. yeah. It's good that you have that feeling. Not everybody uh, is able to uh, do advocacy work because it is um, tiring and uh, triggering to put yourself out there. And you, 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 and I'm glad that you are doing what you can. So yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is also don't be too hard on yourself because yeah, actually you're right. It can it can be quite person. triggering. Yeah, it 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 can, and and then, and then when when you're triggered, then you know you know you get into this certain space, and then you have to get yourself out of the space again. So it can be quite tiring and exhausting. So. I, how I make peace with that is that I, I, I have to fill my own cup first, you know, I know, I know it's quite cliche, but like I have to take care of myself first, make sure that I'm in a good space first before then I can really like contribute to others. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm on that journey, like, I'm still figuring a lot of things out also, I'm still working through a lot of stuff and I'm, I'm hoping that I can in future be able to dedicate more time towards advocacy work. Mm. Yeah. And it's also important that while you're on your own personal journey that uh, you are also getting um, support. So besides a tea project that you mentioned you go for counselling uh, for, what are some of the other places that uh, you would recommend for uh, people mm. uh, in Singapore? Okay, so before the tea project, I was actually going for counselling at Uga Chaka um, for, for quite a number of years on and off. And then... And that, that was before I knew about the tea project. But then when I when I discovered the tea project, not obviously I felt a little bit more affinity to it, right? You know, because it was I felt it was like more of my story, my issue, what I'm struggling with. 
Um, besides that, I think online right now there are quite a number of organizations which I find interesting because there are a lot of support organizations um, and even little communities. Um, you know about Let's Be Heard as well. So um, they, they're online on IG and then they do, um, I think they were planning to do workshops and all that. So I'm not sure if how that's going. Um, what else? Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of <laughs> of others at this point in time. Yeah, I think in Singapore, uh, Uga Chaga and Chi Project are the well-known ones. Mm -hmm. So it's good. So is there any um, last uh, comments, words that you would like to share with listeners out there? Mm. The other thing I'm always like advocating is about living your authentic self. You know, that's something that I feel very, very strongly about. And and for me, um, okay, what I want to say is that living your authentic self isn't always easy. Um, a lot of times it's not. But I think it's so important to be true to yourself, to live your truth, to own your truth, you know, because sometimes we, you know, it, it's, it's hard, but everyone's on a different journey, you know. Self-acceptance is really important. But also be patient with yourself because not everyone is at the same, you know, same point in their journey. And also we shouldn't rush that process and rush the journey. So I think patience with yourself on that journey to self-acceptance for those who are still struggling with it. Um, and then with those who are already there um, and, and, and able to, you know, like if, if it's safe, you know, being able to live your authentic self is like, it's just an amazing feeling. And that's what I would encourage everyone to do. Yeah. I, I agree with you. When we fill out our cup, that's when we can um, be in a better position to also help other people. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Yeah. So We didn't talk about sex at all today. Huh? Ah, we talked about sexuality. <laughs> Sexuality, sexuality, not about sex, sex. Oh, yes, I oh, want to, is it, is it possible, like, in two minutes, uh, tell us your sex life? Oh, okay, which is basically zero right now. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. in two minutes, zero, yeah. Zero, zero at, the, at the moment, because uh, you are so busy with work, I understand. Um, but what kind of a partner are you looking for since, you know, this, uh, this podcast goes all around the world? So we might as well do oh, a wow. shout out for you. Yeah, 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 we can do a oh, shout out Oh my gosh. For you. What kind of partner are you looking for? Oh, I did not prepare for this question. Oh my god, <laughs> no need to prepare. Um, <clears throat> okay, do I go superficial or do I go deep? Okay, let's go both. Lah. Um, obviously, you know, I know how this is going to sound and it's very kind of narcissistic, but I'm looking at someone like me. <laughs> Okay. So, <clears throat> okay, I, 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 just someone with a good heart, like, basically, okay, on one hand. You know, and someone who's a bit, um, I think, open to growth. That's important. Open to personal growth and um, open-minded enough. Because there, there are actually some people who are completely not open, right? So, 
I think I would like someone who's who's willing to to really um, be in touch with themselves, you know, and go deep, and and I want to say evolve because you mentioned it earlier. Like people are a little bit more evolved, and maybe have done some work. Okay, who've 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 been through therapy, I think, and that's important. Um, who've healed and are aware of their issues and are open to 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 that kind of growth honestly yeah i think that's really really important yeah uh, with that thank you very much jamie for coming on this show so jamie is an authentic person looking for an authentic person in a nutshell <laughs> so if you're interested in jamie and uh, <laughs> reach out to jamie at, at jamie so funny <laughs> On Instagram. Okay, thank you very much for coming. Thanks, Martha. All right, thank you. bye. Bye.